The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. The question that has um, has a, has came about in my ministry over 13 years, um, it's, it's a simple question. And the question goes like this. Who am I? Or who are they? I've sat on a couch. I've sat in the chair, reverse roles. In marriage counseling, when you have two folks looking at each other, I don't know who they are. I don't know who he is. Or I don't know who she is. They ain't the same person than when I walk down the aisle. Would anybody be brave enough to raise a hand? Don't do it. That ain't that kind of message. Yeah, all right, brave. I would really like for you to look to your to your neighbor and say, yeah, that's you, but I don't want to do that either. But I wonder if you've ever asked the question saying that, man, I just don't know this individual anymore. I don't know who they are. And then somewhere along the way, we lose a passion for that marriage or... Maybe it's a friend relationship. Maybe you lose passion for a relationship because you've lost that first love, that first thought process of that individual. You've lost it, and you've given up on it. So this morning, I want to I start with this. If we can take it back just a couple of years to a TV show, do I have or have I had, maybe I should say, any fans of the Duck Dynasty Come on, man. There's got to be. We're in rural North Carolina. You got to love the beard. Come on. Who has liked, at least at some point in time, the Duck Dynasty folk? Yes. Give me a hoop and a holler. Thank you. Listen, I love those boys. When they came on the stage, they were like on the scene like, where have these guys been? I mean, this is good. Even though it's set up and it's, you know, whatever, it's rigged. But, man, they blow stuff up. Who doesn't want to blow stuff up for a living? Come on. Set that mug on fire. Woo! The bigger, the better. Listen, I about burn. I thought, that's another day to the time. Fires can get big real quick. I've been a fireman for eight years, but I've burnt some stuff up, and I've bought, almost burnt some stuff down. Not good. But these guys, when they came on steam, man, everybody's like, man, the beard. Can you believe the beard, man? And now the crave is what? The beard. Everybody's got to have a beard, man. I had a beard, man. That thing was pimp. It was nice. Kids, you know what I'm talking about. Parents, y'all are like, what did he say? Anyway, I mean, it was really nice. And, you know, I, I mean, it was well manicured. And, I, you know, I, I kept it up. And, I'm, you know, I, I did everything. I mean, my shampooed. I had a buddy in Wilmington. That mug used to buy some beard oil to make it grow faster. I didn't go that level. But anyway, nonetheless. But it was so much about the beard. But what, what I did some research on is this. People love the Robertsons. Because of their what? Their faith and their love for Jesus. And they love to kill stuff. Listen, there's nothing wrong with killing stuff if it's the right thing you're killing. Don't kill people, kill ducks and deer. Don't kill deer with your truck. My truck looks bad. My wife drove it and hit a deer. Good gravy. Anyway, that ain't the correct way of killing a deer, but nonetheless it happens. But whenever I started doing some research on the Robertsons, this is what I found out. You know what, what people wanted to know more about? Not about their faith. Not about their business, cut duck commander, how much money they made. 
You know what the number one viewed thing that they wanted on the Internet, people trying to find out about the Robertsons was? What did they look like before the beard? All right, so show of hands. Y'all ready for this one? Who has ever Googled Willie Robertson, Jace Robertson, Mr. Daddy Robertson without a beard? Or something to that effect. I mean, y'all lying. The world's saying, nah, most people are trying to check out what they look like before the beard. It was an interesting sight. Man, there's some good-looking dudes under those beards, man. I'm going to tell you. I mean, I don't typically say that, but nonetheless, they were pretty good-looking. But you know why? You know why most people wanted to find out what they look like for a beard? Because people want to know who you really are. Maybe you've been, as I said earlier, in a marriage relationship, and like, like your spouse is looking at you like, who are you? You are not my husband. You are not my wife. I just celebrated 13 years of marriage. I thought it was 30 years of marriage, but it was only 13. Thank you. Are y'all clapping for the 30 or the 13? All right, anyway, nonetheless, 13. But just over the last couple of months, have I found out some things about myself. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. I'm hoping I can get through this message entirely. But just as most people in the United States around the world want to see what those guys look like under the beard. These are some really nice beards. But what did they look like before? Who are they really is the question that I want to pose to you to this morning. And so if you have your Bible, if not, it'll be on the screen. I want us to look at the book of John. It's New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. It's accounts of Jesus. And I want to read. There's going to be some verses here on the on the screen. And I want to set up something for one thought this morning. This is, I'm very simple-minded, guys, so y'all should know that. One point to this message, and I hope you catch it. Kids, listen to me. If you're a kid in the room, will not you look at me right now? If you're under 15, you need to look at me. This message is for you also. You tracking me? John 1. 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, the word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The light is Jesus here. Verse 6 says this, There was a man who was sent from God. Sent from who? Sent from who? There was a man who was sent from God. His name was who? John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, which is Jesus. Y'all get y'all tracking. Y'all getting better at this. The light was Jesus. So that through him all men might what? Believe. He himself was not the what? John was not Jesus. He let that be known first time here. He was not the lie. He came only as a witness to what? The lie, which is what? The true lie, which is who? That gives what? To every man was coming into the world. We're talking about this man named John. Who is this man named John? This He's a wild man. Very much probably, if I had to picture him, look like one of the Duck Dynasty boys, but probably even a better beard. 
because he just probably could. He was a man that ate wild honey and locusts. That was his diet. So he was probably chiseled out, unlike me. Had a big beard. And he knew his purpose. His purpose said right here was to prepare the way for the coming of what? The light. He was not the light, but he was here to prepare the way for the light. I want us to move over to verse 19. Here it goes. We're going to pick up in verse 19. It says, Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent the priests and the Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. That's the third time he has said he is not Jesus. He is not the Christ. They asked him, Then who are you? Have you been asked lately, who are you? Husband, wife, sibling, child? Have your parents looked at you and said, who are you? If you have a teenager in the room, you've probably asked that. Who is this alien living with us? The reason I got out of student ministries, there's too many aliens. Jeez Louise. Who are you? Are you Elijah? Because we know Elijah from the Old Testament. These are These are Old Testament scholars that are asking this question. Who are you? Are you Elijah? John, man, John must have been, he must have been the stud of all studs. Do you hear me? John, we call him John the Baptist. But he had to be the stud of all studs, and this is what he said. "Hmm, I am not. I think the Greek here says, um, it translates, I am not. That's, That's the Greek interpretation. He said, who are you? Are you Elijah? I'm not. He's a simple kind of man. That's my kind of man, right? They went on and said, are you a prophet? He said, no. In the Greek, they translate that the same way. No. In Spanish, they say, nada, right? Y'all get that in a minute. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. He said, no. Finally, they said, who are you? I mean, these dudes are like legit. They're trying to figure out this man named John. Who are you, man? John, it said, finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say? What do you say about yourself? John here, listen, I'm going to ask you this question. If somebody asks you, what do you say about yourself? You fill in the blank. What would you say? And this is John's response. He had the opportunity to say anything he wanted. And this is what he said. John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet. How many of y'all would recite scripture? Who are you? I'm a Christ follower. I'm the one who Jesus died on the cross. Who who in this room would, would answer that question? Probably none of you. I wouldn't. Yo, I'm B. Hill. I'm the B. Hill of all deals. Come on, man. I'm trying to find a deal. You got a deal for me? That's who I am. That's what I'm about. And Jesus. He replies with the words from Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. Now some of the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Sorry. Now some of the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? He said, I baptize with water. John replied, among 
But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Who was John? He was a simple kind of man that knew his purpose. He answered the why, guys, and the who. Who are you? I am not. That's what he replied. I am not the Christ. He could have very well said, because Jesus has not come on the scene yet, guys. This is the, We're talking about Scripture. Jesus has not come on the scene. He is on the scene, but nobody knows who he is. So Jesus hadn't said, hey, I'm Jesus over here. He had the chance. He said, no, I'm not the Christ. He had the chance to say, yeah, I'm the prophet that came back that you've heard about, that you've read about all your life. I'm Elijah. He could have said that. Or he said when he said, are you one of the prophets? He could have said, man, I'm one of the prophets. And he chose not to. Five to six times at this point in time, he has denounced the things that people wanted him to be, and he stayed true to who he is who he has been called to be. It said, right, I made you guys repeat it. God sent him, right? And what it said in John, the first, first part of it, God sent him to prepare the way for the coming of this Jesus. Hang with me here. So let's fast forward here just a few moments. Let's fast forward here. So he has the opportunity because John, we call him John the what? Come on, guys. It's 11 o'clock. We did this on purpose so you wouldn't be asleep, all right? John the what? Dang, we ain't, yes. Uh, John the Baptist. John the Baptizer. That's who we're talking about. So John had this encounter at the Jordan, and here he comes. Oh, my dear, hear me, hear me. Uh, if you knew, listen, guys, this is good. If you knew your purpose in life, if you knew it, and it was getting ready to, to take place. It was getting ready to take shape right before your eyes. What would you feel? What would you think right now? Because John's one purpose in life, hear me, John's one purpose was as the prophet Isaiah said. He was sent to straight make the path straight for the coming of Jesus. Hear me. What would you be thinking right now? Here Jesus comes out of the crowd. Oh, my dear. My purpose has arrived. They have not met yet, but my purpose has arrived. Here he comes, and the crowd like this, and Jesus comes down the center aisle. He steps into the water. Could you imagine? Was his heart racing? Was his palms sweaty? Was he excited beyond measure? Because he knew his purpose, he was very crystal clear who he was not. But you know what? He was so crystal clear of who he was. And it was right there in front of him, eye to eye, man to man. Can you imagine what it would have felt like for John? Here it is. This is, the, this is, I mean, this is my, my whole life has been prepared the way for this moment for Jesus. Understand this. John has a following. John has a following. He's baptized thousands of people, and they all follow him, right? And they're all on the scene. They see this happen. The dove, the Holy Spirit, take him down. Boom. What was John's emotion there, guys? 
gratitude, thankful. What about this? I'm grateful that I stuck to the call that which God put for me. What a moment that must have been for John. So if we fast forward, Jesus leaves the scene and he goes. And so Jesus goes and starts baptizing because, listen, John says in the scripture, I baptize with water, but the one whose sandals I'm unworthy and untied to touch, he baptizes with what? The Holy Spirit, right? We'll say that together, Holy Spirit. Yes. So here we go. We pick up in John chapter 3. I want us to catch this. It says this. After this, after this means Jesus had just been talking to Nicodemus, this leader, and he was telling him about the kingdom of God. We get you know, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, bam, bam, bam. And he's just preached this to Nicodemus. And he says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptizing. And John was baptizing too because there was plenty of water and the people were constantly coming to be baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument, they said an argument in the Bible? They argue in the Bible? An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said, Rabbi, that man, <laughs> that man, that man, who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one that you testified about, well, he's baptizing too. He's baptizing too. And everyone is going to him. Verse 27, hear this, church. We're, not, we're, not, we're, we're, we're wrapping it up here soon, promise. 30 minutes. To this John replied, a man came a man can receive only what is given him from heaven did you hear me that husband and wife you can only give what you have you can't give what you do not have you can't give what you do not have you can't lead your kids in a way in which you cannot lead you cannot lead your spouse if you can't lead yourself that was extra. I wasn't expecting to say that. You yourselves can testify that I said this. I, this is John talking about here. John, the baptizer, is talking to his disciples, the people that followed him. When he baptized them, they followed him. Jesus is over there baptizing. He's getting his own follow. So you got John and Jesus, both of them baptizing because it said there was plenty of water. It was like Lake Norman. Here we go. It was huge. He's on the, the cove over there, and I'm on the cove over here in the shallow end. And John, bam, and Jesus is bam, and it's, it's going on. But the disciples, John's disciples, are like, oh, this ain't right. What's up with this dude baptizing? You baptize him. He can't be baptizing. You, you, you tracking the conversation here? And John, his whole life has been represented by this saying who he was not, but claiming who he was there for. He said this, You yourselves can testify that I said this, so tell everybody I said this. Hey, disciples, tell everybody what I'm getting ready to say. And he says this, I am not the Christ, 
but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Amen. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is in full joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. John says, that joy, hear me, that joy. Do you remember whenever, man, I remember when Deidre, uh, the door opened and her dad, uh, David, was sitting beside of her and my dad was here, my brother, and like there was like a 1,000 people or maybe 10,000, I'm not sure. He paid for it. So anyway, um, uh, she opened the door and I remember, I remember the joy that came from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. When the door opened, and I lost it like a baby. I'm, I'm, I'm emotional sometimes. That joy was complete in me. It was my joy. It was that joy, the joy that John's talking about. He's going to tell his disciples the greatest lesson, my life verse. He's going to tell it. He said, was this joy, with this joy that I'm about to share this with you is this. That joy is mine and now is complete. John 3.30, here it is. Write it down, mark it in your Bible, highlight it, underline it, remember it, tweet it, do something with it. And it says this, he must become greater. John is saying this to his disciples. Jesus over there, he's saying, that dude has become to come greater. And i got to become less. That guy's got to become greater. Because he's the one I came for, the one my purpose is about. He has got to come greater, i got to become less. The moral story of this, guys. John knew whose, hear me this, John knew whose he was. And sometimes we don't know who we are. But this is the point. When you find out, hear me church, when you find out whose you are, you will find out who you are. In this society, there's so many people like, man, they're, they're wearing masks. They go to work. They put on a, a certain clothes or whatever to have a certain look, and that ain't who they are, and that's what they got to do. That's fine. Do that. I'm not saying quit your job because you got to do it. Do it. But when we leave in the house, when we leave from the house tomorrow, man, we put this mask on. We're, we put on somebody that we're not. Because that's what we're told to do. We're told to be this person. And then we leave work and we go with our buddies and we put a different mask on. We put something different on and we're this other individual. And then when you come home and if you've got anything left and you've got to be a husband or a wife and you've got to be a dad or an uncle or a brother, however that looks... But what happens is in life we get confused. We get confused of who we are. Because you know why, church? Because we don't know whose we are. See, John knew whose he was from day one. He knew his purpose was prepare the way for the coming of Christ. He knew it. That's the reason he can say, yo, I'm not Christ. Yo, I'm not Elijah. I'm not a prophet. I am not. Hear this. I am not, but I know the I am. He is the I am. He is it, church. See, we bought into the lie, and this is the lie. Hey, ladies, you grew up with dolls. This is my daughter's doll. It's not mine. Perfect specimen for a doll. Looks pretty, hair's done halfway decent, and shoes are 
where that leg's about broken. Perfect specimen. We may have these kind of dolls. Maybe you had Barbie dolls growing up, but they were perfect specimens of individuals. And you've bought into the lie because this is who you wanted to be. Maybe you wanted to be Barbie with her clothes off. You know, I don't know. You know, little boys pick them up and are like, hey, and they learn it at a young age. All right, you know. And then we get this burning in our mind. We have this idea of what we want or who we're supposed to be. But some of you ladies, hear me, church. Some of you ladies still are looking at the die mentality. You still want to be there. You still have this dream of being there, and it's unattainable. Be who you are. Be who, who God's called you to be. Woman, guys, you remember putting the capes on as a kid, right? Listen, my little son Judah, that dude, every day he's like coming out, he's making his own like heroes up. I don't know, like... I'm the bike man, you know, I'm, I'm the, the dog man. And he, every now and again he comes out as a superman. And, and he wants to be all these superheroes because he's a kid and it's fun, right? And he saves the day. But listen to me, man, husband, father, brother. What I'm nervous about is you've, as a kid, that's what they were told, you were taught. You got to be all things to all people. You can't. We put capes on because we think we're Superman. And we can handle it all. Then we we break under the pressure of this world. And then you go into depression. And you can't lead your family. And God's called you to be the spiritual leader of your family. Listen, church, this is real. And this this is something that we deal with in the church. And we're going to deal with it. Who are you is the question that everybody asks. Listen, my son brings this to me. And he says, that I'm a hero. Yes, this is a fire fireman's coat you know why because his daddy was a fireman and I believe that's the reason he brings it to me he didn't bring his superman cape he didn't bring spider-man but he brought the fireman because you know what dad that hopefully you're sitting beside your son or daughter they want you to be the superhero that you're not but this is what I want for you, church. I want you to be who you are because you figure out whose you are. See, John knew it. It was very clear, concise, to the point. He knew who he was. He baptized Jesus for heaven's sake. God wants us to be real. Who are you? I ask this question today. Are you willing to dethrone your mask? Dad, husband, stop wearing the mask in life. Do you not like who you are? Is that the reason you do that? Do you cover it up with things of the world to escape it? Maybe drugs, alcohol, things, wild things of the world. What do you cover up who you really are with? Are you willing to take that off? To surrender that to Jesus? And be who He has called you to be. Because listen, when we find out who the Father is and who we are and whom we are, we will find out who we truly are, church. We're tired of zombies walking around looking like... We're tired of it. I read an article several years ago and it it was in one of these 
movie magazines. And, and I read an article, and it was very poignant. It surprised me that I even read the article in this magazine because typically this kind of uh, read was not in the magazine I was reading. And this is how it went. And it talked about movie stars. It's talking about the purity of someone getting into the business of making movies, wholesome movies, action movies, all types of movies, all types of entertainment. When they get into it, they have this desire and passion to act. But over the course of 10, 15, 20 years, after the hundreds and hundreds of parts they played, you know what the article said? These folks have forgotten who they really are. Because they don't know if I'm supposed to be this character in this relationship. Or am I playing this character in this relationship and this friendship? Oh, they're out to get something from me because I played that part in that movie. They forget who they are. They forget it. And the article continued with saying this. That's the reason in the entertainment business there's so much divorce. Because they, oh, it looks good. Let's get into it. And then a year later, like, oh, damn, this ain't who I thought it was. And I thought about this article in the movie world, the entertainment. We see it. If you're standing in line at the grocery store, you'll see it. About the divorce rate and all that stuff. But then I started looking at the church. Churches are not a lot of different. We play parts in life. And if we don't like this part, we'll exchange it for another part. Listen, guys, when your wife gets 40... You ain't supposed to trade her in for 220s, all right? You ain't supposed to do that. But in the church world, it's not much different. So my question to you is this today. Who are you? Are you willing to surrender to God? Because when we find out who He really is and what He's really called us to be, we will find out whom's we are, whose we are. And when we find that out, we will find out who we truly are in Him. And I finish with this. About two months ago, um, I'll just be honest. Uh, I hadn't asked my wife if I could say this. I guess she'd be okay with it. We've gone through some marriage counseling over the last four or five months. It is what it is. I'm not perfect. But about a month ago, six weeks ago, I was laying in the bed. Nobody was there. I was just had back surgery, two days after back surgery. And God asked me, said, hey, man. It's kind of like how God and I talk. Yeah, hey, man. Now, who are you, man? Hey, who are you, man? That was God to me. Who are you? I thought... I thought you were about my business, man. And I realized real quick, guys, that it was me. It started with me, husband, father. It was my leadership that was wrong here. And that night I committed something. I will out-submit my wife next to none. 
How do you find out whose you are? Out-submit them. Out-submit them, husband, father, wife, out-submit them. See what happens. And this is what came to it. This is what came to this. I thought I knew who I was. During that nasty conversation with God, this is how it went over. This is Rosetta Stone. I'm not a salesperson for him. But anyway, uh, I probably could do a pretty good job for him. That night, God reminded me. You're about my business, right, Bradley? I said, yes, God, I am. He said, remember three years ago when I asked you when you were in Mexico about my business? I said, yes, God, what? Do you remember what I asked you to do? Yes, God, I do. And it was literally like this, like I was wrestling with God. And then what he said, then do it. For some reason, man, listen, I barely can speak English. And, and I wasn't any good in English. Matter of fact, I was horrible in English. But he asked me to learn Spanish. <laughs> Hola, senorita. <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun, I think. Redneck Spanish, Spanglish or whatever. But God asked me, Bradley, if you're about my business, I need you to learn it. He told me that three years ago, and I said no. Six weeks ago, I said yes. It's about finding out who you are in Him. When you find out whose you are, church, you will find out who you are.